When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent that looks at everything to do with sexuality, relationships, identity and more. I'm your host, Olivia Petter, and today on the programme, I'm joined by singer and radio host, Fleur East, to discuss how to keep the spark alive in a long-term relationship. Fleur's been with her now husband for a decade, so it's probably in a similar situation to many people isolating with their long-term partner at the moment. I should mention that this episode was recorded in January in Fleur's kitchen, so don't worry, no social distancing rules were broken in the making of this episode. Enjoy the show! Hi. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I have a bit of a cold, but I'm fine. Same. (laughs) Everyone has a cold. It's that time of year. So, I'm going to start off the conversation by asking you, because you have been, you've been with your husband for 10 years? 10 years. Married for seven months, but together 10 years. Amazing. Mm. So how did you guys meet? Well, it's a funny story. We, um, We actually met in the nightclub. I was out with my friends and he was there working as a waiter. So he sort of like charmed me at the bar and was giving me free drinks and stuff. It's a very good tactic. Very good tactic. He must have got that from somewhere. Where did he, where did he figure that (laughs) out? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we hit it off straight away. Sparks were flying. We danced all night. And then at the end of that night, he asked me for my number. And I said, I'm really sorry, but I've got a boyfriend. Did you? Yes, I did. But I knew there was a connection. Mm. So I just knew it was dangerous territory. So I said, I'm really sorry, but I've got a boyfriend. He said, oh, we can just be friends. And I just knew, no, this is just trouble. So I just said, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to just leave it here. So after that, lost complete touch with him, obviously. Didn't see him again. And then a year later, I was out in a different club with friends. And someone tapped him on my shoulder and I turned around and it was him. Really? Yeah. And he said, do you remember me from that other night? Of course. Of course I remember you. That's so weird. A different club in the same, was it also, was it in London? Yeah, in London. Completely yeah. different place. Oh and a God, year later. Weird. And then he said, oh, are you still with your boyfriend? And I said, no. And then immediately swapped numbers and here we are. That's so funny. Do you know, I ask quite a few podcast guests about how they met their partners. And so often it's like they meet once and it's not quite the right time. Yeah. And then they bump into each other again, like a year later or a few months later or whatever. And then it starts happening. It's so interesting because it's like fate. It's all about timing, definitely. The right time, the right moment, the right place. I definitely believe in that. Yeah, I do too. And so I I wanted to ask you about timing, actually, because so how old were you when you got into the relationship with him? I think I just turned 22. Okay, so that's fairly young to get into a serious relationship. Yeah, I, I guess so. Were you one of the only people in your social circle who was in a relationship at the time? Or were some of your friends sort of in relationships from uni? Or I'd say it was kind of half and half. Half of my friendship group that had been in 
relationships even before me. And then the other half were very single, single, sexy, free, living their best lives. <laughs> and when they were living their best lives and you were sort of in this burgeoning love story with your now husband, did you ever feel envious of your friends sort of going out and coming back with these crazy stories? Or mm. were you kind of like, oh, I'm so glad I never have to do that again? Or, you know, because it's just quite, you, you were, you know, in a relationship for most of your 20s. Did you yeah. feel like you missed out on anything? To be honest, I've always said to my friends, I think when you're single, enjoy being single. Like live it to the, like it's ultimate, ultimate best. Take, take advantage of it and just explore and get to learn more about yourself. And then I also say when you're in a relationship, really delve into that and really enjoy that. So for me, no, I wasn't, I wasn't envious at all. I was happy I was in a relationship. And I think when you're in the right relationship, then there's nothing to be envious of. Yeah, I think if you probably are looking at your single friends when you're with someone and you're like, damn, I wish I was out there kind of yeah. getting with all these people. There's probably a problem in the relationship. Yeah, it's not, you're not with the right person, I'd say. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you guys got married, what, seven months ago? Yes. How did he propose? Well, it's, <laughs> it's quite funny because when we were 24, I don't think I've actually told this story to many people, but when we were 24... He actually asked me to get married. Really? But it was really strange, actually, because he, he sort of said, oh, um, I really want to like commit to you and I want to show you that I'm serious. So he bought me like a promise ring. And That's so cute. That's like something from like <laughs> Dawson's Creek or One Tree right? Hill. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really sweet. And then all my friends were so happy for me. All my family were overjoyed. And I thought, oh, this is it. We're going to get married and... And then one day I sort of said to him, well, you know, when you gave me that ring, did you do it as a proposal? So did he give you the ring and say, I want to marry you and give you the ring? Or did he just say, no, I want to commit to you? No, he sort of said, I'd love you to be my fiance. Those were his interesting. words. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then afterwards I quizzed him and said, when you gave me this ring, did you think in your head that we were planning to get married? Mm. Or, and he went, well, no, I, I just wanted to show you that I was serious about you. But so I sort of said, well, that's a bit weird because now I'm walking around with this ring and everyone's thinking that I'm like engaged, but then neither of us are really in a hurry to get married. That's so funny because it's the kind of thing that's obviously like a really sweet gesture. Yeah. And at the time you're probably like, oh my God, he wants, he wants to commit to me. Yes. But then a bit later you're like, actually, what the hell does this yeah, mean? I was like, like, are we engaged? Are we getting married? That's so funny. Yeah. So I just said, okay, do you know what? So you take this ring, you know, sell it, whatever you want to do with it. I said, when me and you are both ready to actually commit and get married, then let's do it the right way. So then fast forward to last year and we were going to Tokyo together for a holiday. And um, in the airport, he took me to Tiffany and he was like, oh, let's look at some engagement rings. And I was thinking, oh, this is exciting. Had you not spoken about getting engaged since 24? Then? I mean, we'd always spoken about it, really. Like, like, as it was, it was something that you were definitely going to do, but just a matter of when. Exactly. Right. So when he took me into Tiffany, I thought, oh, this is it. He's getting my ring. This is happening. Um, and I tried on different styles. And, and I was like, well, you know, I love gold. And, and you know, I'd love a yellow diamond. And you know, I'd love like an oval shaped, you know, preferably, but you know, I'm just, just putting it out there. I was like giving all the hints. And then we got onto the plane 
and got to our hotel. And then immediately he said, oh, I found this other hotel across the street. It's really traditional Japanese. You know, you wear the traditional attire and you go around and you lay in the salt baths. And he was like, we should go stay there for one night. And I said, but we've just checked in. <laughs> and he said, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. You, you need to try this place out. You need to get the experience. So we went over there and we checked in. I went into my room and there were rose petals on the bed, champagne, chocolate covered strawberries. And I immediately said, this is so over the top. Is this what they do when couples come to stay here? <laughs> and then I turned around and he was on his knee. And I just gasped straight away. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And he just um, had a box and opened it up. And literally my dream ring was in the box. Really? Everything I've described, yellow diamond, gold, oval shaped. And I just looked at him and he was just like, Fleur East, will you be my wife? Aww. And I just burst into tears, put the ring on. And I was like, but hold on. You took me to Tiffany in the airport. What's going on? And he was like, well, I had to throw you off because I had the ring already. Clever. Because I was going to say, surely he didn't just buy it Right, there. exactly. No, he'd been designing it for months. Oh, he'd wow. had it all prepared. I like that he threw yeah. you off guard. It was amazing. That's clever because then obviously you go to the trip and you think, oh, maybe this is something he's going to do soon. But obviously not right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> clever. I see what he did there. Yeah, and then he planned a whole shoot for us the next day and... Oh. We had the yeah, we had such an unforgettable time there. It was amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so going back to being in a long-term relationship through your twenties, I think one of the funniest things about dating someone for a long period of time is that obviously in the initial stages of being with someone, you kind of put up this facade of who you are in mm. order to kind of lure them in. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and I'm you know you you might pretend to be a little bit more a little bit more casual than you might be you might you might not uh call them out on things that bug you you might not wear the eye mask when you go to sleep mm. <laughs> that you normally always sleep with if you're spending the night together at what point do you think that sort of stuff seems to fall away do you think it's like after a few weeks after a few months or longer down the line like a year like when do you stop I'm not bu bullshitting is too strong a word, but like, when do you, <laughs> oh, wow. when do you stop, when do you stop trying to impress them so much, I guess, um, and by changing parts of yourself? Because that's only natural, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think I did that in previous relationships. And then when I met my husband, Marcel, I think I'd got over that. So I think even the first two weeks, I was just rocking up in my jogging bottoms vest no makeup like I wasn't really putting in as much effort as I usually would when I first met someone do you think that's because you felt more comfortable around him yeah I think so and I think because I'd told myself well if he can accept me for me you know just in my in my tracky bottoms you know the unglam me then he deserves to be with me like for the long term and I've always advised my friends to do that. I always say, if you go on a first date, don't turn up looking all glam, like your absolute best. Because it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have to sustain it. Right, this is it. It's so funny. I hear um, Charlotte Tilbury, the makeup artist, mm. apparently she, her husband has never seen her without a full face yeah, of makeup. I've heard that. 
which I just think is mad. No, that's too much. I, I don't have time for that. No, no one's got time for that. It's just like, how do you even keep that up? Like logistically, like do you just wake up 10 minutes before and then immediately go to the bathroom and then come back into bed and just open your eyes? I was like, oh, good morning. It's too much pressure. <laughs> Look how beautiful I am. Um, it's yeah, not realistic. I, yeah, it's, it's not realistic. Um, people often say that when you are in a long-term relationship, there are sort of, because obviously you change over time, particularly I think when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you go through lots of different phases in your career and just in your life and major family events happen and whatever. So obviously your relationship changes and people often say that a long relationship is like lots of different mini relationships. Mm. Do you think that's the case with you and Marcel? Have you noticed that? Yeah, I definitely have noticed that. <laughs> I, I say that I feel I've been in a relationship with like three different people really? <laughs> over the course of 10 years because obviously when we met, we were 22, we were really young. Yeah. And he grew up, he was born in Senegal and then grew up in Paris. So he hadn't even been in London that long. So mm. our upbringings were completely different. Mm. So he, he, he was a different person when I first met him. And then obviously we grew together and we taught each other different things through our upbringing and, and our different cultures. And, and then we sort of found ourselves together. So he started to pursue his dreams of being a clothing designer. And I pursued my dreams of being a singer. And we did that together and we supported each other through that. Cause you so were we, together, you were together when you went on X Factor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Long before that. So he was the one that actually encouraged me um, to go on to the X Factor. Oh, really? I, I didn't really want to do it. And he was like, you're crazy. We watch this every year. Oh, do you, and I just were you think, a fan of the show before? Oh, yeah. 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 From, since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and he just said, I just know, I'm so confident in you. And I just know that if you went on there, you'd make it all the way to the final. And I was like, no, you don't know. There's so much pressure. You're just saying that. It's easy saying that sitting on your sofa. Yeah. Um, so we had that period of hustling, I guess, together and trying to make it happen. And then there was the time of then achieving it. And then I guess enjoying the fruits of our labor together, which was another stage again. Mm. So yeah, it's like I've been in a relationship with three different men over 10 years. Do you think he would say the same about you? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've matured, we've matured together. We've learned each other. We've learned to to cooperate, to, to just be respectful of each other. And you have to go through a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges mm. to get there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Have you learned how to deal with each other when you're in an argument? Like some people, when they're in a fight, they like to address it there and then and kind of hash it out and then, you know, draw a line under it. Whereas other people, and I know I'm like this, like to sort of go away and think about it and think mm. about it some more and then <laughs> just try and... Analyse with your friends. Yeah, exactly. Decode. <laughs> Go to the WhatsApp groups <laughs> and then come back and be like, right, okay, this is how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash, this is how my friends have told me I should feel, mm-hmm. which is probably not the healthiest thing in the world. Anyway, my question is, have you learned how to deal with relationship with, with arguments in your relationship? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, I don't know if you believe in like astrology or anything, but my, my sister strongly believes in like star signs and traits. And me and Marcel are both Scorpios. So we're both quite fiery. And when we first met, if we had a disagreement, we'd both be like, no, you're this, da, 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 you're that. And we were so passionate about our opinions and, you know, it would just flare up into this big discussion and it would go on and on and on. And then we just had to learn to just rein it in because we'd end up like laughing because we're like, what, what even is this? So we went through that sort of phase where you're like passionate, it's a new love, you know, and you have that tension, you know, between each other. And then we passed that phase and I, I understood him and how he functions and he understood me. And then we got to the point where we were like, okay, we've just got to sit down and rationally discuss it. And then I think when you, when you learn how people think, you almost don't have to say too much. It's kind of like you understand their perspective already. So you get to a point where if you've had a disagreement, you go, okay, I understand why you're reacting like this. We also have less disagreements, I imagine. Because yeah, you, know, you, do. you probably call them out on less things because fewer things because you know what would rile them up, and you know there's no point in even having an argument about it. You do, and you can't. You become more tolerant of each other, and your relationship means more than a lot of like trivial things that matter at the start. Whether the dishwasher's been unloaded or not. <laughs> right, you just think, well, I mean... It's not worth it. It's really not worth it, Yeah. No. <laughs> I was... Um, have you heard of jo- Dr. John Gottman? No. So he is a professor who's basically written like 40 books about relationships and he's done like 190 studies into it. And he identified the four most common problems in relationships, Ooh. which I think is really interesting. The first one was criticism... Right. Which, which makes sense. The mm-hmm. second one is defensiveness, which obviously, you know, calling someone out and then the person being like, oh, no, absolutely not. That's not, no. Mm. Why would you say that? What's wrong with you? And then it obviously yep. leads to other arguments because then their reaction is so annoying. Uh, contempt. Mm-hmm. And stonewalling. So shutting someone down, just being like, oh, I don't care. Whatever. Right. Um, do you think that that is true? That those are the four things that probably cause the most friction? That's interesting. Um, Criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. I think actually contempt is probably the most insidious one because that is one that obviously builds up over a long over period time. of time. And it's like... It's unhealthy. If yeah. you're having arguments about the same thing over and over again, 
which I think is when you really need to sit down and be like, okay, let's actually address this head on because we keep having the same argument in different forms. Yeah. So I think that's probably the one that I would say is the most... I think they're definitely contributing factors for sure to why maybe a relationship breaks down Mm. or ultimately why a relationship doesn't work out. But I think the biggest thing is, is your vision for your life. Yeah, and your future. I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people fall out of love with someone because ultimately they've got their individual goal and the person they choose to go on the ride of life with doesn't actually see that same vision or goal that's a real problem yeah are you basing that on like experiences your friends have had yeah Yeah. definitely but I'm I'm 32 and I'm already experiencing friends who are going through divorce and I'm thinking oh my gosh we're there already um and a lot of the time that is the biggest factor it's like oh well I wanted to do this and they couldn't support what I wanted to do or they didn't understand why I wanted to go down that Mm. path. And ultimately you can't really spend your whole life with someone who doesn't understand what your goal is for your future. Another one, which isn't in this list of four, is if your relationship just kind of plateaus and you kind of lose the spark that you once had at the beginning. So I guess maybe you've been living together for a couple of years and your relationship becomes more about logistics and about making plans and fitting into each other's really busy schedules as opposed to actually just enjoying one another's company. For people who are in that situation, you know, how do you how do you think you reinvigorate the relationship and get the spark back? I think any relationship is going to go through peaks and troughs. That's just natural. But you have to really work hard at that because if that's ever happened in my relationship, we've always gone right we're going away or let's just have a weekend just us two or let's let's just go to the cinema or let's just just get in the car and just go for a drive just spend some quality time together because you need to because you get so bogged down in your everyday life Mm. social media yeah your friends your work and it's very easy to put your relationship on the back burner Mm. because you just get comfortable you become complacent you're like oh they're there it's fine They'll always be there. Yeah. And you can't take that for granted. You've got to then remind yourselves why you got together in the first place. And I think naturally when you do that, the spark just reignites naturally. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember why. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think if the spark doesn't reignite naturally, (laughs) that is a sign that that relationship has kind of run its course maybe, which I'm guessing can just happen. It doesn't have to be, you know, relationships don't have to end just because of some big cataclysmic argument. It could just be that maybe you just both realise, actually, there's just nothing left here. That's very true. But me and my sister always say, and we we laugh about this all the time, we've analysed this over time, but we say, never get with someone for the fire. This is what we always say. Clever. When it's just an, an attraction, an infatuation, That's all good in the beginning because you're like, oh yeah, you're really hot. I'm really attracted to you. Mm. But that only lasts for a little while. And when there's no substance beyond that, it can't withstand the test of time. I don't believe. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And actually other people have said that on the podcast before that it can be a real red flag with someone if you have that like intensity at the beginning because that is 
obviously ephemeral like there's no way that that's gonna last it's just just not how it works and also that the people who you do have that really intense connection with at the beginning tend to be the ones that treat you like crap <laughs> I think in my experience tell me how you really feel girl. Um, yeah I think it's just when that fizzles yeah. you've got to have something underneath that yeah there has to be something a bit deeper yeah I definitely think. All right, we're going to go to our lessons in love segment. So this is the part of the podcast where I ask a guest to share something they've learned from their previous relationship experiences. It can be about your romantic relationships or friends or family. Fleur, would you like to tell me what your lesson in love is today? I think any relationship that you enter into, you need to be 100% your authentic self. And I learned that because... In a lot of past relationships, I would sort of adapt and change who I was as a person to make that other person happy. What parts of yourself do you think you changed? So if I was, for example, I've been in a relationship in the past where um, my partner wasn't as confident as me, for example, or they wouldn't really want to go out because they weren't confident to kind of operate in social circles maybe and then to stay in the relationship I would then dim my my sparkle for them I think that's really common actually yeah because it's it's sort of like it it brings out their insecurities and then probably causes arguments down the line I imagine so then I'd go oh okay well let me just let me just uh, pipe down a bit here Mm. Um, maybe I'll be all right with not going out today oh I can just stay stay in the house that's fine and I started to just become this recluse and yeah, I didn't, I didn't blossom and I didn't shine. And then I learned over time, well, actually the person I want to spend my life with needs to be someone who brings the best out in me and actually supports me being myself. And you're almost living a lie if you're, if you can't be authentic to who you are in a relationship, that's a really important lesson. Yeah. I think that's a lovely note to end on. Thank you, Fleur. Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.